Hey, everybody. It's John Moe, the host of Wits, the show that you're about to listen to. You might have heard me say in the last few weeks that we're going to be ending the radio show version of Wits. We're going to take a little break. The podcast and the stage show are both going on hiatus. We're going to clear our minds a little bit, and then we're going to look at bringing Wits back in some form in the podcast realm We want to keep having fun. We want to keep in touch with the guests that we love so much. We want to keep this thing that we built together with you. So stay tuned. Stay by your podcast machine. For the next few weeks here on Wits, we're going to be playing some of the favorite shows that we've done. And this week, a show with comedian Hannibal Burris and rapper Open Mike Eagle. Senior producer Larissa Anderson is in the studio with me. And this was, we always point to this as being one of our favorites. I'm so glad this show happened. I didn't know that, um, I don't think either of us knew that Mike was Hannibal's RA in college <laughs> yes. until, I don't know if it was backstage or on the show that it was revealed. Oh, I knew. Oh, I knew, I, knew, I knew they were in college together, but I didn't know he was the RA. No, I knew the RA thing, but I wanted to kind of save that and, and see oh, if we could bring that out on stage. He was being a wily host. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I didn't know that until on stage. But the, but it was such a fun pair. These these two guys were so fun together. So fun. It's always great to have guests who, the, the comedy guest and the musical guest are already friends because the chemistry is already built in. And uh, and then this this show has the uh, one of our favorite sketches too, which is the uh, the deli sketch, the deli code. Yes, the secret thing that you can say at the deli to get the good stuff or the weird stuff, or, or the good weird stuff, the good weird stuff, which I feel like is how we would describe our show, the good <laughs> exactly. weird stuff. And attentive listeners uh, might note that uh, the the name Jimothy appears quite a lot over the years. There's often a character named Jimothy in the show. Uh, this show marks the debut, the very first use of the name Jimothy, uh, and Open Mike Eagle's character is named Jimothy in this show. It's also a really fun show for me because I love Open Mike Eagle's music so much. Yes. And it is just such a joy to hear him perform it with our band. Yes. Oh, oh. I have to say, the other thing I really love about this show is, um, I think it was after the show, maybe you were talking to Hannibal and he said, this stuff, like, this is what I would have written for myself if I could have written myself a show, which is such a great thing to say. I started hovering a few inches off the ground after he said that. (laughs) And you can hear it in the lightning round when Hannibal says, like, this show's a lot of fun, or it's it's just, it's such a treat. It's such a gift and an honor to, to be part of that. So enjoy Hannibal Burris and Open Mike Eagle on Wits. I'm John Moe. This week on Wits, comedian Hannibal Burris joins us and shares the shocking and completely made-up history of Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. When he was a child, he was always wrong. He was just a pure idiot. The man was just a dumb, dumb child. Plus, music from Open Mic Eagle. Party people, do you feel me? And if you disagree, you should feel free. If you would, it raise your hands to the ceiling. And I ain't afraid to ask you again. And we get some valuable, if not always cohesive, advice from Dad. Gosh, son, there comes a time in a man's life when the right thing you can't go wrong with a big piece of steak. My slippers now. Now Richard Nixon there was I saw Lover Boy in concert. All this plus the Smurfs get serious, Superman meets his match, and a pop song correspondence from Journey's editor. You don't have to stop believing in wits. It's coming right up. From APM American Public Media and Minnesota Public Radio, this is Wits. I'm John Moe. 
And I love the rap music. <laughs> when the people rap the rhymes with the words and the beat and the rhyming. We have the rapping on the show this week, in fact. I can't wait. Didn't always used to be that way. I was scared to death of rap when it first came out. I feared the impossibly large portable cassette players. <laughs> the gruff demeanors of both Run and DMC. I feared for the long-term physical health of the fat boys. And I feared the Beastie Boys across the board. All through the Fight for Your Right to Party video, I worried about how much trouble everybody was gonna get in. Here's what scared me the most about rap. That's not singing, but it's more than talking, oh no, what is it, what are they doing with those words? Well now, I love hip hop. The Steely Dan sample on the De La Soul album cracked open the door and kind of showed me in. I've been listening ever since. More than any other genre, it gives me moments of, I've never heard anything like that. Kanye West's first single, Through the Wire, recorded with his jaw wired shut after a car accident, saying, thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. Wow. <laughs> now, it wasn't just rap I was afraid of. I was scared of all kinds of things. And fear proved a very effective means of discovery. Eighth grade the suburbs. All the boys and many of the more progressive girls are listening to heavy metal music. A substitute English teacher I had picked apart the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven and declared there was no doubt that they revealed that Led Zeppelin was both satanic and recruiting. <laughs> the question, he told us, was how best to fight Led Zeppelin. We eighth graders in suburban Seattle, ready to go to battle with the Dark Lord Jimmy Page. To the school's credit, we never saw that particular substitute teacher again. But the approach made sense to me. If you don't understand it, fear it. And fear eventually turns to love. Kashmir, are you kidding? I was scared of punk rock at first, too. Angry, British, mohawked, sneering. Very alarming. Then I loved it. Prince. That level of androgyny was upsetting for a pubescent boy. <laughs> If gender means so little, am I going through all of this for nothing? <laughs> I came around, eventually, and this sort of fear into love expanded all parts of my life. College, scary. Marriage, scary. Having children, my God, scarier than a hundred rappers in 1983, all beatboxing and freestyling alongside Robert Plant in a satanic cloak. But now, I love my kids even more than I love A Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> There's something to be gained by learning fear, trusting fear, greeting it as an old friend. An old, dangerous friend, mind you. I don't love vicious dogs or drunk drivers. But in seeking the delight hidden in fear, seems like a good way to go. Oh, folks. This week's show is one you'll love so much, it must be terrifying right now. Comedian Hannibal Burris is here. And so is your new favorite hip-hop artist, Open Mike Eagle. He's a stand-up comedian. He's one of the favorite comedians of comedians, like Louis C.K. and Chris Rock. He's been seen on 30 Rock, for which he was a writer. He's been on The Mindy Project. He's a regular on The Eric Andre Show on Adult Swim. Hannibal Burris, welcome to Wits. Thank you. 
Hey. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being here. I've asked this of other uh, TV comedy writers before. Uh, what's something that you came up with uh, on either of those shows that was just too weird to make it to air? Your best terrible idea. I think for SNL, my favorite sketch, I'm going to make it alive somehow. It was called Fedora Basketball. <laughs> Hear me out. All right. <laughs> And so the concept is that now the NBA, the players have to wear fedoras. And in addition to scoring and keeping people from scoring, you also have to keep your fedora on. <laughs> so say somebody does a crossover and your fedora falls, oh my gosh, his fedora fell off. So that was basically, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't make it to the show. <laughs> How did you get started in comedy? I started doing it in college. I went to Southern Illinois University. Actually, Open Mike, me and Open Mike went to college together. He was my RA. Uh, <laughs> so you could have a beer backstage, but you gotta be really cagey about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just started doing open mics. I was involved in performing a little bit already, and um, I went to an open mic and seeing other people be bad at it, it kind of demystified it, you know? I was like, I, I could definitely do that. Because <laughs> you see it on TV, you're like, I can't do that. But I, I saw that live, and I was like, oh, I, I'm capable of that. Uh, well, Hannibal Burris, I want to let you loose to talk to the folks here. Yeah. Fill them in what you want to say. Here's Hannibal Burris, everybody. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite city to travel to is New Orleans. I like New Orleans mostly because you can drink in the street. That's a big deal <laughs> to be able to drink in the street. It makes you feel powerful when you go in a bar. Hey, give me a Jameson ginger ale to go. I don't like this place. <laughs> I don't like the music you're playing. That chair is weird. Give me my drink in a plastic cup to go, and I'm hitting the streets with it. And then I'm going to walk into another bar with that drink in hand, and I'll be ahead of the game already. It's a great city, great music, great food, good drinking. So last year we threw my cousin's bachelor party there. And I was the best man, I was in charge of the festivities. It's a big responsibility, you know? And I wanted to be something special. I wanted to be something different from just getting strippers in a hotel room and yelling, you know? <laughs> so I was asking my friends for ideas, stuff to do that was unique to New Orleans. And my friend said, you should hire a second line to follow you guys through the street. I said, what is that? He said, a second line is a band, uh, mostly brass instruments. You can get them to follow you through the streets of New Orleans. <laughs> so basically in New Orleans, you can have your own parade for $300 on a day's notice. <laughs> I said, this sounds like a great idea. How do I handle this? He said, you gotta go to the police station. So I go to the police station and talk to the parade sergeant, Sergeant Powers. I want to throw a parade. How many people in your parade? Uh, it's five of us. <laughs> yeah, do you need help making a route for your parade? Hell yeah, I need help making a route. This is your city. This is not my city, man. <laughs> then this policeman with a gun on his side, he helps me make a route for the parade. Like, uh, you probably don't want to hit Bourbon Street too fast. You might want to start on Canal Street and you work your way towards Bourbon and you hit Iberville. Some people on Iberville might join your parade. Because that's what people do there also. People might just join your parade if they're walking by themselves. They say, oh, that looks like a small, accessible parade. <laughs> so everything is set. The band is bugged. We got our route. 
nobody else in the party knows that I'm doing this. So the day of, after dinner, I lead the group to this corner waiting for us is the band and a three-piece police escort because in New Orleans for $300, you can mess up traffic on a day's notice. And then we start walking around. It's the best way to walk around. Band behind you, police in front of you, you feel like a champion. It was great. It was so fun. Of course, we got to get drinks, so we're stopping the bar. Hey, give me five Jameson ginger ales to go. This place sucks. I got a damn parade happening outside, man. <laughs> Not hanging out in here. And the police there was so cool. The police that were escorting us. Like, when we bought the drinks, they said, oh, man, you shouldn't have bought drinks. You should have just got a whole bottle. <laughs> That's a quote from a policeman. I'm so glad I don't live in New Orleans, because if I did, all I'd do is drink, gamble, and throw parades for myself all the time. Like, is that him again? Yeah, it's Friday, 6.30. That's definitely Hannibal right there. Right, thanks a lot, y'all. That's Hannibal Burris. Now, the summer movie season is just around the corner, and to help you decide what to see, we thought we'd quickly just run some of these movie trailers. Out of the Old West comes the tale of the Lone Ranger. There come a time, Kimosabi, when good man must wear mask. Okay, thanks, Tonto. Wait a minute. From the great beyond, the vision told me a great warrior would help me out on my quest. You're Johnny Depp. Sorry, I'm Tonto. <laughs> you, you, you got the wrong guy. You're totally Johnny Depp. You telling me they couldn't find any Native American actor in the whole world to play Tonto? Hey, hey. Come on. Be cool, huh? Hey, did they say, hey, we'll just put crazy paint all over Johnny Depp's face. That'll solve it. I'm I'm, I'm a new kind of Tonto. More of an equal and and all spiritual and stuff. Okay, okay. Thanks. Can we get on with the scene now if you don't Johnny Depp! Come on! Coming this summer. Also this summer, get ready to experience a hero the likes of which you've seen quite a few times over the years. Superman, Man of Steel. I'm a space baby who is more powerful than any human on Earth. But Superman has finally met his match. Superman! All the buildings are collapsing and the ocean is on fire! Okay, come on. I can't solve all that. (laughs) Perhaps I can be of some assistance. It's Super Duperman! (laughs) He's solving all the problems that Superman couldn't! Wait, I thought I was a hero around here. Where does dude come from? I came from a bigger, more powerful planet than you did, where everything is way more awesome. Now, why don't you go run along with Aquaman and the Wonder Twins? What's that in the sky? It's Super Duper Rooper Man! Oh, oh, come on! Man. man of Steel, a Super Uber Duper Schmooper adventure. And this summer, everyone's favorite little blue heroes are back and taking on more mature subject matter in Smurfs 2. Hey, buddy, what's wrong? You look smurfing awful. Uh, I just came back from Dr. Smurf. It's my Smurfro-intestinal tract. It's all smurfed up. What the Smurf do? How does he know? Ah, it's terrible. He takes this smurfing huge hooked thing. It's called a... uh, Smurf? Yeah, thank you, yes. And he pushes it through my Smurf, and that's where he found all these smurfing polyps and growths and 
he has to smurf the smurf out of them, otherwise my esophagus and then my liver, spleen, and eventually my smurf are in danger. My smurf blood cells are in bad shape. I might even have smurf cancer. They sent a biopsy to oncology smurf. I wish I was surprised, but you spent all those years smurf basing and using dirty smurfs. <laughs> Smurfing it all in. Yeah. Smurfing with multiple Smurfs, never using a Smurf. I remember one time, I Smurf, Smurf, Smurfing Smurf to the Smurf on the Smurf methamphetamine, Smurf, Smurfly, three Smurfs, Smurfing a donkey just to Smurf my Smurf. Smurf. That's what I'm saying. Smurfs too. Much more still to come. This is Wits. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with comedian Hannibal Burris. Hey. Our musical guest this week has been called an alternative hip-hop artist, the Kurt Vonnegut of hip-hop, and an oddball MC. <laughs> He's a member of the LA Collective Project Blowed and has appeared on the Paul F. Tompkins Show in Los Angeles. His latest album is Animal Hospital. Here's Open Mike Eagle. Hello, everybody. What's all the racket? I'm sorry it was me, sir. Riding down Slauson, bumping 97 Weezer. Don't know all the lyrics, but I hate the keywords. All my favorite tunes are from my phones, have receivers. Got a lady and I'm on my way to meet her. Gonna form a union like a local group of teamsters. Get your tweezers, doing bio research. Hot enough to press a graphic image to a t-shirt. Party people, if you hungry, get a spoon. I've been the same laws and put a monkey on the moon. Blow the missing link between a human and buffoon. You can watch the words flutter like Flew from a cocoon, but keep your people closer, they can get consumed. Then these air balloon rappers broken, you can smell the fumes. Don't know what you're getting like, you open it for doom. I be sneaking up on rappers just to choke them with a broom. But party people, do you feel me? And if you disagree, you should feel free. If you would, it raise your hands to the ceiling. And I ain't afraid to ask you again. Party people, do you feel me? And if you disagree, you should feel free But if you would, it raise your hands to the ceiling And I ain't afraid to ask you again Nonsensical like spoon of your cornbread And everything the humans are force-fed The swim team's getting views like a porn thread Cause we blow it up like nuclear warheads Y'all, the kernels, it's about to be popcorn Organic music
music like a bum with a washboard I do the dishes while I'm humming a vancore This evening is for rapping, keep the gun in your sock drawer And passive listeners, this music is not yours My crew can chew up every dude in your top four These other rappers should be doing a lot more We keep the party rocking and we doing an encore Yeah, and we'll be keeping your hands up Go and brush your shoulders off and sweep off the dandruff And all party people should stand up No fence and Fitzgerald time to man up And party people, do you feel me? And if you disagree, you should feel free If you wouldn't raise your hands to the ceiling And I ain't afraid to ask you again Party people, do you feel me? And if you disagree, you should feel free If you wouldn't raise your hands to the ceiling And I ain't afraid to ask you again And I ain't afraid to ask you again And I ain't afraid to ask you again And again, and again, and again And again, and again it goes One, two, three, we gon' turn it out And get it bumped with the beat, we just scream and shout And when we hit you with the ish we got here We gonna blow your mind, blow your mind We keep it moving like this, we keep it moving like that If I die, I'ma only come back Yo, I'm saying if you think that you can step to me wrong Don't even waste your time, waste your time That's Open Mike Eagle with DJ Victor Holmes. Open Mike Eagle, welcome to Wits. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're from Chicago. What kind of music were you exposed to growing up? Um, I mean, environmentally, I was exposed probably to mostly rap, but uh, I was kind of a latchkey kid and spent a lot of time uh, watching cable TV. So MTV hit me to a lot of other stuff that I might not have gotten. What, what kind of stuff from that hooked you? Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find these influences that made this incredibly unique product that you make now. Um, I mean, I, uh, I really got hooked on They Might Be Giants in like 1990. Like, seriously. What is it about They Might Be Giants? Um, I think it's, it's the creativity that they use musically. I mean, in terms of uh, John Linnell and his like, chord progressions are just amazing to me. And, uh, and just the freedom with which they, you know, uh, allow themselves to get outside of, like, especially um, American macho male kind of things and kind of nerd out yeah. however they want to do, you know. Yeah. What was going on down there in Carbondale, Illinois, at Southern Illinois University, <laughs> producing, producing you guys? I mean, I imagine that you would gather in dorms and dream of being on a public radio show in St. Paul one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's everybody's dream. <laughs> was there some kind of unique uh, kind of comedy scene going on down there? There was an open mic kind of scene. So we used to uh, have events where people would, I mean, we would gather at people's apartments and some people would read poems, some people would read essays, some people would rap, some people would do comedy. And uh, a lot of us got to know each other that way. Yeah, it was this one. <clears throat> it was called Sunday School Sessions. And a friend, uh, Tony Trim. He started, uh, it, it was in his bedroom, 
and it'd be like 20 people, 15, 20 people, and then it got too big for the bedroom and moved it to the living room. That's <laughs> when you hit the big time, when there are sofas involved. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, I was looking on your Wikipedia page, and I have to ask you about this. You took place in some research for the National Institutes of Health uh-huh. uh, having to do with what happens to the brain during a freestyle rap. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, me and a friend of mine were part of a pilot study where we wrapped um, in an MRI machine and they kind of mapped out the brain activity of like what, what parts of the brain get activated and deactivated when you're in the flow state of freestyle. Were you able to get into a flow state inside of an MRI machine? It took a long time, and I was in there for a long time. The, the only things I could rap about for the first five minutes were how creepy it was to, to be inside of an MRI machine rapping. Do you have a mic, or are you just sort of shouting into the world? They actually made, like, this weird plastic mic, because you can't have any metal in there, and these weird plastic earphones so I could hear, like, this beat that I had to rap over. It was, you know, it was pretty involved. <laughs> and then you're credited with, uh, you're one of the authors on the actual published research study about this. Yes. So what did you find out happens to the brain? Uh, I, don't, I wasn't responsible for that part. That's the results. That's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> well, Mike, thanks for your research, and thanks for your music, and thanks for being here. Open Mike Eagle, Thank you everybody. Guys, man. If you listen very closely, you can hear Wits. I'm John Moe, along with a comedian, Hannibal Burris, and a hip-hop artist, Open Mike Eagle. Still to come, a pop song correspondence you won't stop believing. Number 49? 49? Yeah, that's me. You're calling my number here in this deli that we're in. It's my turn to order, seeing as how you have just called my number. Please, no expositional talk in a deli. <laughs> just tell me what sandwiches in the like you want. Okay, um, all the club sandwich, a uh, bag of chips, coleslaw, and uh, cream soda. Club, chips, slaw, cream soda? Yes. Let me just make sure I heard you and repeated you correctly. You want a club sandwich, you want chips, coleslaw, and cream soda. Yeah, yes, that's what I'd like. You've heard of how at some delis, I'm not saying this one, and I'm not saying not this one, you can use a certain code to get the good stuff or the weird stuff or the weird good stuff. Yeah, I, I knew that, but that's, um, that's not, what? Of course. Jimothy, order in. Club, chips, slaw, cream soda. Okay, coming up. Did you just wink at me? I didn't think you had it in you. Had what? I, what? That'd be 119 bucks. Wait. What? What, what? $119 for a club sandwich with chips and coleslaw? And cream soda. That has got to be some cream soda. It's not. Do you actually want something to drink? I forgot to ask. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? By my inquiry? I mean, do you mean something? If so, what is it? Uh, Same question. You answer first. No, you answer first, and and then I'll answer second. Man, I forgot the question. Was it whether you wanted a drink? Well, I I do want a drink. I I want a cream soda. For real? A real can of cream soda? That's why I ordered one. Club sandwich, chips, slaw, cream soda. Thank you, Jimothy. Now, sir, this is the sandwich you ordered. But I'm getting a sense that this might not be the sandwich you were anticipating. What's in that bag? Your order, medium rare. 
Medium rare? A club sandwich? Medium rare? See, I knew it. You didn't want this at all. You got some nerve coming in here, using secret code, and then not even... What was secret code? What secret code? We're in a deli, sir. And, And the code is a sandwich and a side and a drink? Not just any sandwich, side, and drink. That would be some lousy secret code if someone ordered any sandwich, drink, and a side and got a... You know what? I, I don't know what. I, I knew it! It was just, wasn't so easy to arrive at our secret code accidentally. I fear I may lack cryptographic competency. <laughs> Codes and such. Yeah, sir. Do you want this sandwich or not? Hmm. Do I want the secret sandwich or what I was in the mood for? Let me think. Go ahead, sir. Take your own measure. Yes. Yes. Okay, give me the secret sandwich. I knew you had it in you. That'll be $119. Thank you, and a dollar's a change. All right, there you go. Oh, thanks a lot, sir. Very generous. All right, secret sandwich. Oh, sorry, of course. Uh, All right, here we go. How do you like it? Mm, It's all right. That's what I thought, yeah. It's, It's not worth $119. That's what I thought, too. But you're paying for the rarity of the animal you're eating. What animal am I eating? Guess. Panda? Yep. <laughs> needs mustard. That's what I thought. It kind, of, it kind of tastes exactly like you think it would. Everybody freeze. This is a bust. Jimothy? No, Jimothy, that's not even a name. I'm Officer Furbersham of Cop Squadron, and you just served an illegal sandwich, and you ate it, and I caught you. You made the sandwich. You are arguing where you can bless it. Why did you wait till now? Cop reasons. Now let's head downtown. This is my biggest bust ever. Wait till mom sees. She's the DA. Here again is Open Mike Eagle. Screens. I hear the darkest blues Might not be synesthesia Might be apartment fumes Good, good, get up and dance Good, good, get up and dance I will, will wipe my sons And get poop on my hands He get in my car and be like Daddy, play some bus driver Why the heck it take two lines To do a one-liner And why it take three beats To do a two-step Six days, I got two left So I take five day root back I make jazz jokes So I'm flat broke Mad at lost in that black smoke Tight. 
slightest kind of respect my qualifiers respect my qualifiers respect my qualifiers respect my qualifiers Looking for me, but I don't want to hear it. You can find me at the park district while I'm tipping. With my hair disheveled and my sneakers stuffed. Or use your GPS to get your selfie features up. I went to Africa, they played me on the radio. And did I weird the people out? Yeah, maybe so. Cause all they knew was jive, and all I do is vibe. And bright green light make the program director lose his mind. He said, What type of rap is that? Ain't no bitches hoes. And I ain't even being funny, homie, didn't know. Should've said it's whimsical, like Serengeti taught me. My thoughts are very lofty, response time is very faulty. I'm far too young to lead. Way too old to die. I ain't play all the duty. Smoke you in golden eye. RPG roll the die. JPG Cobra tie. BB 13 Cobra guy. BBT Luke Boba tie. We the best mostly. Sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kinda. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect mine. Respect mine. this one and you are not the one I was addressing that person took a train to Africa and simultaneous events don't happen we are isolated temporally and the part is never called the whole thing though it bothers us to know it's so Open Mike Eagle with DJ Victor Holmes and John Munson and the Witnesses. And now the Wits Lightning Round. Short questions, great answers, possibly the other way around as well. <laughs> Open Mike Eagle, if you become more famous, will you change your name to Scheduled Performance Eagle? <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You're giving me, giving me a fantastic idea, John. Right. Thank you. Noted. Hannibal, prettiest American state in terms of geographical outline? Yeah. Oh, geograph... Like the outline? Yeah. Which uh, one looks the nicest? Uh, Shape-wise. Nevada's kind of dope. I like Nevada. That's like an ill trapezoid, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I want one more, and yeah, let's go Nevada. Nevada is, is, is it's different, but it's still precise, you know? Hannibal, soup or salad? Salad. Mike, if you had to give the Statue huh. of Liberty a regular American lady name, would it be Tracy? No, it'd be Jessica. <laughs> Hannibal, movie that you've seen the most times? I, I want to go back and say soup. And... <laughs> <laughs> Unclear on the lightning round concept, Hannibal Burris. Uh, what movie have I seen the most? Face Off? <laughs> no, that's not Face Off, but that's the one that I think I've seen on. All right. 
take my face off. You're gonna take your face off? Off. <laughs> Taking my face off. Wait, what are you gonna do with the face? <laughs> take it off. Off? And then put on a different face. Would that face have to have been taken off a different face and a different head before? Yes. <laughs> and our final question is from a Wits listener, and it's for both of you. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? I'm going to have to go with the 100 duck-sized horses. No, man. That's if somebody else, just, you have to fight the one because you can maybe get one hit nah. and knock it out. But if you're fighting 100, then that 80 of you going to be tired. No, I can do I can do one breakdance move like Eddie Gordo and just knock them all out or down. No, one like swipe. I, I would do the the, the horse sized duck just because I feel like that'll feel I it was huge, it was it'll feel like more I feel more like a warrior if I did that. That's like fighting a dinosaur though. You'd rather fight a duck billed dinosaur than a a hundred duck-sized horses? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, first of all, I'm way faster than it. I don't know. And that's the Wits Lightning Round. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. More with comedian Hannibal Burris and rapper Open Mike Eagle coming up. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This week's guests are comedian Hannibal Burris and hip-hop artist Open Mike Eagle. Coming up, the Wits Game Show, where we'll get down to the real truth. Support for Wits comes from an excited Labrador puppy who urges you to throw the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball, throw the ball, or the stick, the stick, the stick, the stick, throw the stick, the stick, the stick, throw it, throw it. And from Sensible Glue, because when things you care about break, who better to trust? It's not like you'd trust some crazy glue. <laughs> and from Cursive Writing, a skill that will always come in useless. <laughs> now, uh, Hannibal, I understand you actually get up here to Minnesota quite a bit for business. And yeah, it's true. I have a partial ownership in a dad ranch up near Thief River Falls. I love getting up there, checking the dads, getting in and out of the city. In fact, I was just heading up there now. Wanna come along? Oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's, uh, let's just get in your car here. All right, seatbelt on. Okay, well now we're in your car, driving up through Minnesota. And while we travel, why don't you just fill in the audience about what a dad ranch is? Well, 85% of dads in America are raised here in Minnesota. 
It's dad country. Iowa has corn, Minnesota has dads. They grow them, feed them, nurture them, and when the time is right, ship them out to families all over the country. Ah, right, here we are, the big recliner dad ranch. Oh, look, there's Marlene. She's in charge. Well, hello, Hannibal. Always nice to see you. Hey, Marlene. This is John Moe from the radio show Wits. Pleased to meet you, ma'am. My goodness. Look at all those dads roaming free out there. How many head of dad you got here, Marlene? Ah, nigh on to 500 most of the time. We'll have a lot less after next week. A lot of these guys are ready to go home. Wow. Can I meet some up close? Well, let's bring one over. You don't want to go into their pen. Liable to get attaboyed to death. <laughs> They're pretty frisky at this age. Oh, here we go. Now, look at this handsome fella. Son? Daughter? Hey, champ! Ball game! Socket wrench set! Oh, I love the markings, and those dockers look great on him. Can I... Is it okay if I talk to him? Sure, play with him. He loves it. Give him a challenge. A challenge? Okay, um, let's see. Uh, hey, Pops, I just crashed your car and I scored the winning touchdown and me and Becky are getting married. What do you say? Gosh, son, there comes a time in a man's life when the right thing you can't go wrong with a big piece of steak. My slippers now. Now, Richard Nixon, there was I saw lover boy Uh-oh. in Uh-oh. concert. Hey, there, there. There, there, calm down. Uh, Marlene, he'll settle down eventually, right? Oh, sure. Once you get him into a nine-to-five job and a recliner of his own, he'll level out. Oh, He's punching me on the shoulder. That's adorable. Now, this guy over here, he's, he's a ways off from going out into the world, right? This one playing Xbox? No, that's the new breed. Marlene, tell him about these dads. It's a hybrid of an adolescent and a traditional dad. It's actually very popular. It's called a man-child. Oh. Ah, here he comes. Son, I got to a new level on Call of Duty Black Ops. Extreme Mountain Dew. Do your homework. Well... I guess there's a dad for everyone. It is a recession-proof industry. Oh, this place is so cool. I really should bring my kids up here. Well, if you want to stick around, you can help me feed them. We're having pot roast and Budweiser. Pot roast, Budweiser. Well, no, 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 I got to get back to my show. There's something about this place, though. You know, I've never been here, but it feels so familiar. You don't? Marlene, he really doesn't remember? Ah, they never do, Hannibal, I'm telling you. But watch this. John, Dad, I need some advice. Oh, uh, come into my den. You gotta live by the golden rules. Sports machines, and I was reading in the Saturday evening, but... Wow. This is it. This is the ranch where I was bred. You never forget your ranch. Not completely. Well, this has been great. Bye, Marlene. Good luck, other dads. Pop song correspondences. A letter to Journey from their editor. Hi, Journey. I listened to your demo for Don't Stop Believin'. First, believing has a G on the end. Apostrophe should have been gone. But we have bigger problems. The first verse starts out okay. I'm intrigued by the young lady, but I don't think you understand trains. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the
you can't just buy a ticket to anywhere. They won't sell you that. Then comes the boy from a part of Detroit that doesn't actually exist. It's not on any map, you guys. You'd know that if you did a thing called research. Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train going anywhere How would a train do that precisely? Go anywhere. Do you know what tracks are? Your name is Journey. Please learn about transportation. Now, do the girl and boy ever meet? Where? You never tell us. You just jump to some bar and set the action for something that never happens. Singer in a smoky room The smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Wait, I'm confused. Are small town girl and city boy hooking up in a dive bar because they've already hit bottom? Because last I heard they were getting on trains. You need a second act, but instead you go to the chorus and bring in a bunch of new, totally undefined characters. Okay, the strangers are waiting, and then their shadows leave their bodies, impossible, to search in the night when it's dark and shadows can't exist. Wow. Street lights, people, living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere in the night. Okay, details. Where are they hiding? Somewhere in the night, we don't know where journey. Have you ever heard of narrative structure? It's, is that not rock and roll enough for you? Because guess what? You're not that rock and roll. You're journey, everybody's older sister's favorite band. So now the song is winding down and I really hope to get back to the girl and boy on their ill-defined trains. But suddenly it's Steve Perry back and in the first person with some more word salad. does journey it sure does look forget about this song it's never gonna be a hit the public won't put up with such terrible writing i believe in you but i'm not believing this sincerely your editor That's Janie Winterbauer as Steve Perry there. Wits, a show you listening, me, John Moe, guests, comedian Hannibal Burris, and hip-hop artist, Open Mike Eagle.
Hey, let's check the findings. Yes, it's according to a recent study, the latest from the world of research in the unlikely event you need to know. Neil Armstrong did not blow his line after all. See, he was supposed to say that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind when he landed on the moon in 1969. But the popular belief has always been that he blew it, instead saying that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, which is both nonsensical and a little bit sexist. Audio researchers from Michigan State and Ohio State University now say they've discovered an A or an A on the recording vindicating the late astronaut's long-held assertion that he did it right. Researchers have yet to explain Armstrong's subsequent comment, Howard Stern rules, baba booey, baba booey. <laughs> Marriages that start out online are happier than ones that start out on world. That's according to a report in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. I love when those guys proceed. The study, it must be noted, was sponsored by the dating site eHarmony, and one of the authors is on eHarmony's scientific advisory board. Another finding, eHarmony has a scientific advisory board. <laughs> New York is the most competitive city in the world, according to a study sponsored by Citigroup. It measured factors like economic strength, political stability, and ability to attract workers and tourists. London was ranked as second most competitive. Reached for comment, New York said, you suck, London, you suck. You want a piece of me? Hey, easy there, New York. And now, the Wits Game Show. This week, we can handle the truth. Hannibal, you are a stand-up comedian. Mike, you are a hip-hop artist. You are both skilled communicators, and that makes you qualified to reveal the truth about the world we live in. The real truth, the hidden truth behind so many things in the world that we just take for granted. As always, I will award a winner after each round in an unfair, capricious, and arbitrary manner, and many people will be furious. Yeah. Here we go. Gentlemen, uh, the truth behind, and Hannibal, you'll go first here. Cool. The truth behind the interstate highway system. Well, uh, the truth behind the interstate highway system is that uh, it was a lot of people that didn't want to go to other states. And there were no highways at first, and, but some people wanted to travel, uh, and it was all built by one guy. <laughs> the whole thing, and he was just an ambitious guy. <laughs> who, he, he just started out with a little dream to drive from St. Paul to Peoria, Illinois, and <laughs> so he just built it on the way, just making a trip. 1985. All right, all right. That's, that's difficult. It's difficult to that's, follow. That's difficult. Now, now Mike... Uh, I feel like he cheated somehow. I don't know. <laughs> As his former RA, you can bust him, I think. That's still... There's no statute of limitations. Uh, open Mike Eagle, please uh, tell us the story behind the interstate highway system. Um, I guess when you're on it, you know, feet are on the road, it just looks like a road. But, it, you know, the higher you get, the higher perspective you have. You see that it's really just this really interconnected cursive that you said was useless earlier, but it spells out the secret word that we're trying to communicate to the, uh, to the aliens in the universe that, that brought us here. One, 
one answer gives me hope for the past and the resiliency of people in the past. That was Hannibal's. The other one gives me hope for the future and that we might not be doomed after all. I'm giving that one to Open Mike Eagle. Mike, you'll go first on this one. Please tell us the real story because it can't be just what it appears to be on the surface. The real story, please, about granola. Granola? Um... So the first granola that was made was actually the Sweet Valley people. Um, They've been trying to make these bars actually for 30 years, but every time they put one together, it just falls apart. <laughs> and so uh, until they got the technology right to keep the bars together, they were just selling the, uh, the shavings and offal, I don't know how you pronounce that word, and, uh, in, in whatever containers they had around the factory. Just piles of stuff. Exactly. So, so every... every Granule of granola is just a piece of a withered giant granola bar that's been around since 1962. Hannibal Burris, please tell us the story behind granola. The story behind granola is really a, it's a, it's a deep story, you know. 1922. A man was just hanging out. He hated his job at the time. He wasn't happy with his job. His kids didn't respect him. His wife, his wife said he didn't communicate well enough. Uh, he had a drinking problem and. It just wasn't going well. This man was upset. So, to win the respect of his children, he invented a new food. Granola. I suspect you had Eugene O'Neill's help with the answer, but I'm still giving the round to Hannibal Burris. <laughs> All right, it's a tie right now. And uh, this is the final question. This will decide it all. Uh, Hannibal, you'll go first here. All right. The real truth behind Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. (laughs) Alex Trebek, when he was a child, he was just, he was always wrong. He was just a pure idiot. (laughs) The man was just a dumb, dumb child. And... And he just wanted to create a situation where he could be right all the time. (laughs) And what better way to do that than a TV trivia show where he has all the answers right in front of him. (laughs) So that's the history of Alex Trebek. Uh, Open Mike Eagle, over to you. The true story behind Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. Actually, his answer was the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Hannibal Burris wins the game. The winner is Hannibal Burris. Here's more music from Open Mike Eagle. I'm so strung out 
Make wits happen thanks to our broadcast engineer Rob Byers and Fitzgerald Theater staff Tom Campbell, Alan Freckman, Mike Wangan, and Dan Zimmerman. We're on Twitter at Wits, on Facebook, just look for us, and on the World Wide Web at WitsRadio.org. You can get information there on past and future shows. All of our shows are podcasts on iTunes. Check us out, write a review if you could. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, Allison Augusty and Lauren McGuire, and Wendy Molyneux and Jeff Drake. Darren Solomon wrote the According to a Recent Study theme song. Our acting company this week included Bill Corbett. We're joined, as always, by music director John Munson and the witnesses Steve Rome, Joe Savage, Richard Medic, and Janie Winterbauer. Thanks to our musical guest, Open Mike Eagle, and, of course, Hannibal Burris. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney, which was created by our guru of staged events, Tony Bowl, senior producer Larissa Anderson, and me. I'm John Moe. Bye now. Let me go on.